0: the PHX Coyote Podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Craig, and we're very excited to be joined by a special guest. Um, Long overdue, it feels like, it's ESPN National NHL (laughs) writer Greg Wyshynski. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, I, I was only out at Mullet once this season, so I couldn't go and hop into Whatever the wherever you guys are uh, in that facility, uh, yeah, well, it's hard to find yeah, people in mullet, no. Greg. So I I, <laughs> you, I, know, I know, you were hiding from us. I was there. Um, no, but it's good to be here. It should be it should be an interesting off season, I think. Now that we're done with the cup final,
0: absolutely. In- indeed.
1: By
2: the way, you didn't like your uh, promo photo that we used. I, I thought it. I thought it brought out your boyish
1: charm. <laughs> Personally. I'm just tired of it. it. It it looks like a boy playing dress up in his dad's clothes a little bit. <laughs> um, and as and as as Craig knows, like back at Yahoo, I had like the most badass promo photo of all time. It was me in sunglasses and a cigar. So I mean, yes. like, you know, very much cooler than than you know, <laughs> you know, a, a poor made for Netflix remake of Big. Um, <laughs> that is my promo
0: photo now. <laughs> Oh,
2: that's awesome. Yeah, you should definitely resuscitate the Yahoo photo. I agree with you there.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we get into the offseason that you just mentioned, you did just complete, I guess, a marathon of Stanley Cup final coverage. Um, You were there. So what were your biggest takeaways from this year's Stanley Cup final?
1: Um, That we were kind of robbed of a good final by injury. Like, it was... I followed the Matthew Kachuk story from the first round. I covered the Florida-Boston series. I was there for game five when he scored in overtime. I was there in game seven when, you know, they shocked the world and beat the Bruins. And then I covered them again in the Eastern Conference final. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if they would have ever beaten Vegas if Kachuk was healthy for games four and five, but it, it would have certainly been a more compelling series and a and a much better uh, story to write to have the Panthers be Somewhat closer to full strength than what they ended up being, so it's a, it, it was a bummer. Like I, I'm happy for Vegas; that's a great story, um, and a, and, a, and an intriguing one. I mean, obviously, like not only being a team that had a uh, six year plan to win a cup, but also a team that certainly has a trail of bodies left behind <laughs> it on the way to the team that they built now, which I wrote about after the series. But yeah. but not seeing that Kachuk story all the way through was a real a real bummer. The fact that he couldn't even like. You know, put on his gear in Game Four, and then obviously couldn't answer the bell in Game Five. What
2: about the postseason as a whole, Greg? There were there were some complaints that there just weren't enough competitive games. There were a lot of blowouts in this postseason. I don't know what your your major takeaways are from the entire Stanley Cup playoff.
1: It's not so much the games as it is the, the series. Like, I mean, how many how many ga- series went seven? Um, yeah, not a lot. Yeah. It was like Boston. It was like the Kraken series with Dallas. It was a couple others, but. It, that was the real issue for me is that a lot of the series were quick and and not competitive. And, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of drama in a lot of those series either, as far as like, you know the the internal this guy hit this guy. I said this to this man after the game kind of stuff. We didn't have a lot of that either. We did have some, but I mean, like the postseason as a whole gave us some incredible moments. I mean, the Kraken upsetting, the avalanche you had the the Boston Florida series that was incredible um and like once in a lifetime to see I guess twice in a lifetime because Tampa lost to Columbus so twice really? in a lifetime <laughs> to see a team like that live. and then I covered the four overtime game between Carolina <laughs> and Florida which was, I mean just an incredible I mean, not only an incredible game just because it was like what I think it ended up being like the sixth longest game in, in NHL history but like uh also like good it was good hockey (laughs) that was the craziest part about it they played what was basically two games that night or more than two games that night and it ended up being like great hockey all the way through um so there was there were definitely some highlights even if um you had to kind of give them the postseason demerits for not going and giving us a bunch of game sevens and also probably because You didn't have a lot of big markets uh, make it all the way through, which I know is what a lot of people are probably complaining about at the end of the day.
2: There are these dueling narratives about whether Vegas deserved to win a cup this soon in their existence. We, We actually created a graphic for the pros and cons, the major points that you hear all the time. You can put this up, but I'm curious for your thoughts on this. There are people who think they were gifted a cup because of, of course, the expansion draft rules that were in place. Um, what's your take on this whole thing, Greg? I'll just let you talk on this.
1: Well, I'll take the cons here. Um, first of all, the, the, the manipulator, the cap, I mean, everybody does that now, so I'm not going to ding them for <laughs> yes. that. Um, it doesn't suck for established teams because inherently we want that, that, um, market to be as strong as possible. Right. So I think it's great. I think when you look at the West right now, having Vegas be as good as they are is only good for growing the game because you need teams. You need a team out there that other teams play and then people tune in to watch it, right? The expansion draft being too favorable, I think you can you can argue that, you know, hey, look at Columbus and Nashville and Ottawa and those, and those teams that took so long to become competitive and how bad it was. But I think it's just the NHL kind of correcting its own mistake by making yeah. the rules finally favorable for teams paying to get their, their way in. And the other thing about that too is, um, you know, they worked the system. Like they, they knew how to leverage those rules in a way that no one anticipated. And you think about the six guys that are still on that team now and how many of them um, were landed because of that leverage. so and Smith, uh, Shea Theodore, William Carrier, um, you know, William Carlson. I mean, that was taking on David Clarkson's contract that enabled them to get Carlson off the blue jackets. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of jealousy in having a clean cap sheet like you had on the cons and, and having th- those revamped expansion rules but at the end of the day it's it's the cunningness of george mcphee yeah. that allowed them to use those rules and exert such pressure and and meanwhile also have other gms just lose their minds in trying to not be embarrassed by losing something for nothing in the expansion draft that they ended up giving the golden knights the foundation for a stanley cup champion
2: yeah and i i to, to make a couple further points on this, if you remember back when the expansion draft was held, there wasn't a soul out there that thought Vegas was going to be a playoff team, let alone a cup contender yeah. that season. So it's revisionist history in a way to say, well, look, they, they, they made the rules now in in the final analysis. Yeah, the rules work well for them. But I also believe it's smart business for the NHL. You mentioned the, the market. You want it to succeed. But when a guy like bill foley is investing that much money and you're trying to win over a new market why on earth would you tell that market well you got to suffer for five to seven years your teams are going to be dog shit," in spite of the fact that you spent a billion dollars
1: right and even if you didn't spend a billion dollars even back in the day when when the entry fee was a lot lower it it, the idea that you are a new team and trying to get yourself established and like you're trying to build your team based off based off of fourth liners and third pairing defensemen is insane and the only reason they did it is because they didn't want um the the established teams to feel like they were at a competitive disadvantage and i I think maybe it was also at a time when you know we expanded so much as a league you know every few years it seemed like they were adding two teams versus vegas being the first expansion team in, in well over a decade so You know, maybe they decided not to, like, you know, punish these teams by having the rules be that that dramatic because then it would have really impacted their rosters. Um, But that being said, I mean, like, there's no question that Seattle and Vegas are markets that are set up for success in ways that like Columbus wasn't. Greg,
3: we're going to switch gears because the hockey world is now switching from Las Vegas and setting their sights on Nashville and heading to the draft. So there's a couple of big storylines of the draft. We want to get. I mean, we live in this Arizona Coyote bubble and we want to get more of a national perspective. And the first thing I want to get your take on is the Madve Mitchkov situation. How do you think that story is going to play out over the next week?
1: Well, I mean, people are freaked out about the amount of time they'll have to wait for him. Right. But now all of a sudden, the new concern is that, you know, maybe he he's kind of like telling teams and. I don't want to play for you. I only want to play for, uh, you know, here, here and here. And, and one of the here's is the Washington Capitals, who obviously are going to be in a position to draft him if he drops that low. Um, so there's, there's just a ton of intrigue um, about him. And, and maybe, you know, the thing I, I've, I've been considering is like, you know, some of these teams and general managers, it doesn't set well when a young player thinks it, he's got the stroke to basically, you know, orchestrate the draft and, and and position himself to to not go to these teams that are drafting ahead of the capitals. And, and like the hubris of that, you're either impressed by it or you're turned off by it. But I don't know. I I think, you know, his ceiling is so high. Everybody I've talked to in the prospects community just loves his game and thinks he could be, you know, a really special player. Um, But the wait time, the Russia situation, and then also apparently his wants and needs as a player uh, to where he wants to play are really three factors that are, um, slightly unprecedented i guess in recent drafts
2: yeah on on the uh top end of this draft was it uh was it written in the stars that chicago was getting connor Bedard?
1: <laughs> it shouldn't have been if it was man like there there <laughs> what know. should have been written in the stars is 15 years of that franchise meandering through the, the, the an abyss based on on what they did uh you know a decade ago uh the fact that they won the first overall pick was something we were all dreading because like Yep. It just disproves karma being real, <laughs> you know, the fact that they get Bedard now. Um, but the thing about, like, I, they're going to be successful with Bedard. He's a great player. It's just going to take a little bit longer than people think. I mean, they stripped this thing down to the foundations to, to be as bad as they could to get him. It worked. Um, but I look at a team like the Ducks, for example, and assuming they draft Adam Fantilli, they're a team that's going to be positioned to succeed well before Chicago is with the amount of, of players that are already on the roster, the defensemen that are coming up through the system. Um, And then adding Fantilia to that mix, I, I, you know, I think, I think Bedard is going to be good, but it's going to be a a little bit, I imagine, before he's, he's that good.
2: Yeah, it is. And I agree with you, too, that I grew up in Chicago, as you know, but the the Blackhawks did not pay for their sins here. And this is. It's just such a bad look for the league that Connor Bedard is going there but uh, it, it, it it'll it'll wow. get swept under the rug very quickly right people will forget
1: about it very but quickly But isn't it a bad look for the league the league doesn't care like the they league don't. Yeah that's, know, that's the point I right? was embarrassed by, by by Bedard but the league the league is more than happy that Chicago is going to be relevant and relevant again in the next two to three years. Like that's I mean they're relevant now, right? As soon as they draft Bedard, yep. they can they're now caught up in the Chicago Blackhawks and 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 you could see how many tickets they sold after they won the lottery in Chicago. I mean, from a league perspective, yeah, they, they probably would would love it if if you know Chicago paid a little bit more for their sins, but ultimately It's a business and the business is trying to get people to watch your product and the way you do that is by having really strong, um, you know, foundational teams uh, that are successful and the Blackhawks are at the top of that list. The league was making money hand over fist when they were winning cups and now they're going to be relevant again.
0: Yep. So on the flip side is the Coyotes who have had <laughs> the most horrendous lottery luck ever. Um, they, they haven't picked in the top two ever. And this year, I mean, they didn't drop, but they stuck at six. Why can't the Coyotes like have more luck in, in the draft lottery?
1: <laughs> Man, Red, Red Wings fans listen to this. They're like, come on.
0: Historical God. success. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, there's just some teams that doesn't, I mean, and and again, like, I'm a Devils fan, as you guys might know, and they've had ridiculous success in the lottery, Edmonton before that. I mean, Edmonton and Jersey are the reasons they changed the rules of the draft to make sure that you couldn't pick first overall uh, after a certain number of times um, in in a a multi-year period. Um, I don't know. It's tough. It's not because it's fixed. I can tell you that. I mean, like it was funny to see people, like, talking about the you know, it being fixed for Chicago or against Arizona. I'm like, if you think that Gary Bettman had the ability to fix the draft, I guarantee you based on how long that dude has fought to keep the Coyotes in that market, that they would have gotten a first overall pick by now. And it probably would have been Austin Matthews, right? So it's like the idea that that it's somehow like the system has worked against the uh, Coyotes um, as, as some people have pointed out, I'm, just, I'm not necessarily buying it based on everything we know about the NHL and, and, and it's, uh, affinity for trying to keep that market strong.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I want to stick with the coyotes, um, for a second, obviously the saga continues. Um, we're here talking about it daily, but I'm curious from a national perspective, what your breakdown is you know, of the situation is. And you actually are, are in pretty regular contact with the coyotes. So you've done some coverage of the story. I just want to get your perspective from a national mindset on what's going on here in Arizona.
1: Yeah. Not only do I talk to the coyotes, but as you know, as Craig knows, like I've, I've also logged my hours watching, uh, Glendale city council meetings and <laughs> I've been doing this story for way too long. Um, yep. I was bummed. I really thought, I really thought we were at the end of it. I really thought that, this yeah. arena deal in Tempe was going to be the one that solved the problem, that set the things in motion. Um, I think as I've read sort of the fallout from the vote, uh, it became pretty clear that the opposition was really well organized and the opposition, you know, was able to hit on a few things that um, for whatever reason, resonated with the voters, and 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 that sucks. I mean, all politics are local. I think from a national perspective, I was maybe a bit sunnier on it than than it was was actually happening on the ground. But now it's become a thing of like, I mean, you know, I talked to the team the night they lost the vote, and they didn't they didn't have a plan B, and now there's like six Plan Bs, and <laughs> and so I mean, I, as much as I believe that there were always other irons in the fire, I mean, the bottom line is I think they're scrambling. And, and hopefully they can find something that, that keeps them in the market. But, I mean, there's no question that this was the biggest swing that the franchise ever took to get something done, and they missed. And hard to recover from that, hard to recover from that, especially if any of these other alternatives require a public vote. I mean, they've got to be a bit gun-shy on that now.
2: You are out there in the... Well, You you read a lot. Obviously, you're aware of what's happening in multiple NHL markets. I want to want to dive into this. I want to spend too much time on this. But long ago, when you were doing puck data, you did a different form of aggregation. In, in my opinion, that that I'm seeing today, you always forwarded the story. I'll put it that way. It didn't you didn't just report what was out there and you you verified too. you found out if it was actually true before putting it out. I just want to get your sense of the state of things right now in our industry. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I know this bugs a lot of people in this market, fans of this market, because there's a lot of reporting on the coyotes that is incomplete, suspect or, or just downright wrong.
1: Yeah. Well I, I mean as far as the aggregation goes it's it's a premium on speed over over context I mean the thing yeah. we always did at Puck Daddy at Yahoo was it wasn't enough to just kind of like put a link to a story or or embed a tweet in a blog post I mean the whole point of it was to move it forward that was the only value that we brought to the table besides a few jokes and and whatever but like that was always the, the the mission there, not only for us, but the other Yahoo blogs was don't just aggregate stuff, explain it, explain it to a general audience, explain it to the people that come to your site every day that are hardcore fans, you know, add context to it, you know, add analysis to it. I mean, I, I, I've never found the value of these sites that come up when you do a Google search for a certain subject in hockey, and you click on the thing, and it's like, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, it may be that AI wrote it. I used to think AI wrote it before AI started <laughs> actually writing stuff. Now I'm pretty sure AI writes them because it adds absolutely nothing to the story. And and like you said, it, it kind of, without the context, you're just gonna not be able to really tell the story right. And and what's the point of that? So in the Coyote's case, um, there's a lot of inherent bias in the way that the story has been covered for years. I mean, especially from Canadian outlets, they have they have clear intentions in what they write about the coyotes in trying to, you know, get that team out of Arizona, get it to a Canadian market. Um, there's also the bias against simply being in the Southwest. No question about that too. So um, I don't think there's been a lot of like clear headed unbiased reporting on the coyotes through the years. I think there's been a, a lot of agenda work on both sides but mostly on the anti side. Um, and so, you know, you just try to come at it as, as well as you can and, and and uh, try to report as accurate as, the, as accurate as accurately as you can, but knowing that also the current regime with the Coyotes, who again I appreciate them giving me access, I appreciate them giving me time. Um, they are spin masters. <laughs> like, like you have to really kind of like have your BS detector on sometimes when you deal with the team, and and that's that's fine. I mean that's just how it is with a lot of teams. But in the Coyotes' case, it's 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 the hockey stuff, and then on top of the hockey stuff, it's also the constant advent for the team the team's success in the market so you have to kind of be on guard for that i think
3: greg you talk about the bias in the southwest by it the hall of fame class is coming out and there are a couple of names familiar to Coyotes fans on that list we talk about keith gachuk and jeremy roenick do you see or do you think these guys have a chance to be part of the hall of fame class this year
1: Well, they're both interesting in the sense they've never they never really won anything. Right. And and that awards or cups or whatever, like that's always been one of the things that we've talked about with regard to Hall of Fame candidacy. Um, My Hall of Fame approach is much more emphasis on the fame part of it than I think a lot of people have. I've seen a lot. I've been butting heads with a few people in the stats community about, you know, the worthiness of certain guys versus other guys because of like their stats and i'm like jeremy roenick was the single most famous american hockey player in the 1990s like he just was and and when you have that plus five, the goal totals that he put up i mean it's hard for me to not look at that guy's legacy at that time and say that he's a hall of famer i, I think there's way too much kind of like retroactive 2023 looking back at a player and being like well he wasn't that good or he wasn't that famous now and it's like well no but at the time when he played you got to understand it like this guy was you know hall of fame player Kachuk's case is interesting because he has he did win you know world cup gold in 96 you know olympic silver i mean like you know erotic was never some of that too but like i his numbers are really really impressive and and the numbers of the people i think it's like every player ahead of him You know, I think maybe in the goal totals or the point totals, I forget which one it was, is like in the Hall of Fame if they're eligible. And so when you're in that kind of rarefied air statistically, it's, and other guys like Mark Reckie are getting in, it's hard to make a case against Kachuk. I think I had him like 10th overall in my, like all of my, like predictions for 2023, including the women's players. Um, And I had him ahead of Roenick actually too. So we'll see.
0: It should be very interesting. I think it yeah. comes out right after our show ends. Yeah,
2: today. literally at noon today yeah. at Arizona so time, as soon as we go out the air. Yeah. So, um, before we let you go, uh, you wrote a terrific piece on the Coachella Valley Firebirds uh, about a sacrifice <laughs> that they asked the town to make to give up chocolate because of the playing the Hershey Bears. And of course, game seven of that final series is tonight. Um, I encourage oh, people I, to read that first of all. Go ahead. Sorry. What were you saying?
1: No, I'm just, I, I, I forgot it was game seven tonight. That's exciting. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a terrific piece. So, first of all, like, like I said, I encourage people to read it. But speaking of chocolate, we—I asked you to rank your top five chocolate bars. I, I need to know how you arrived at this and, and what the story is behind this. If it's a childhood story, h- how you got to your top five ranking? Can we put that graphic up by the way, Jacob? There it is.
1: Yeah, so number number five is Hershey's Dark for me um, because I, I wanted to I wanted to kind of have a representative from the miniatures bag, and that one is my favorite. <laughs> Hundred grams. Yeah. hundred grand is just a really, really solid candy bar. It um, is. if I'm looking, if I'm like, if I'm down and I need a little bit of the boost, I, I see it's number one on, on your list. Um, I, I grabbed that, uh, Snickers apparently not a favorite of the panel, but a favorite of mine. <laughs> and, and also, um, again, like I, I love peanuts in a, in a chocolate bar. Uh, sometimes I'll buy a payday, uh, and, and, or a baby Ruth or whatever, uh, and have those. And, but, I mean, like, Snickers is probably the best representation of that. Uh, Butterfinger is my favorite chocolate bar of all time. Um, just love it. Love the taste. Uh, was a fan when I was a kid. Remain a fan today. Get very excited when it's Halloween time and there's little Butterfingers uh, inside of uh, Halloween bags that I can steal uh, for my kid. <laughs> and then also, uh, and then as, as I can see here, Kit Kat yes. gets a lot of love here, too. Um, delicious, shareable um but also like you could eat all four i like to uh put a whole kick in my mouth and like break it with my top wow, wow. that's, that's is, impressive that is crazy i have a large mouth and also it, it kind of reminds you of like breaking boards in karate class a little bit so yeah <laughs> Kit Kat's my favorite. I, I, I by far like but that's the thing I will pick up most when I'm at like the convenience store if I need a chocolate fix.
3: See what Greg did is something that we don't normally do on this show. He actually brought in the concept of sharing, yeah. and thinking of others. Like it didn't cross my mind once. Like it, that I could have a shareable candy. Like that's again, we got Greg in for a different perspective, and thus he brought it. But
0: I need to ask you because do do you agree yeah. that Kit Kats in Canada taste better than Kit Kats in the U.S.?
1: You know, I've heard of this about other items, like I remember people telling me that like, you got to have a Coors Light in Canada, because it tastes better than a Coors Light in the <laughs> US, I'm just like, still Coors Light, man. Um, Kit Kats are fine, wherever you get them, I think, you know, I, I I will say, though, one thing that you have to watch for that is maybe the apex of the Kit Kat is if you have, um, like, uh, Japanese grocery stores, um, you know, they have different flavors of Kit Kat, like exotic flavors um green tea and wow. uh you know like uh, other ones it's really good they we have a few um by us that um you can buy them as sort of like singles or you can buy them uh, in a bag um and they're they're really really tasty they get they get super creative out there
0: Awesome.
3: I did have one wrap question though yeah ahead because I know our time is winding down a- and we we watch you not only your written story but your visual word on the drop and I did have a question for you what is it like yeah. to work with the Canadian media legend and the ESPN icon arta okay? <laughs>
1: He's the best. He's the best. Like Arda and I are two souls that found each other at ESPN. We kind of knew each other a little bit because we both were at the score at the same time in Canada, too, doing work there when I was at Puck Daddy. And like, you know, he's he's such an enthusiastic guy. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen and taking as many gigs as he can at ESPN, whether it's hosting the point or between period stuff or the highlight show at the end of the night. Um, And just like the reason the drop is fun. Um, and thanks for, for shouting it out, is that we just we just are both really creative people and and having an outlet at that place where you can just go and, you know, throw pies in people's faces yeah. or do yeah, a thing of like, you know, how can you describe an NHL, all the NHL teams using references to Star Wars or Taylor <laughs> Swift? Like just not <laughs> like that is is just really fun to do and, and to have an outlet for it there. Um, uh, on on all the social platforms and also ESPN plus is just like, it was, it's one of the, my favorite parts of the job and it's a great crew and we had a really strong season. I think we'll, be, we'll definitely be back for next year, maybe even in a more expanded way. So it's uh, a yeah. dope to work with. A good and if,
3: if you haven't seen the drop, I encourage you to, to Google for it and look at it because they're, it's fun, and it's make it's okay to make yeah. sports fun, and so appreciate you right. putting that yeah. out there to the universe. Did you just read that question directly also, off a text message? By 100% the way,
0: percent he did. I, yeah, I was looking. I think you did. Yeah, well, I,
3: I might have texted Arda <laughs> earlier and let him know that was coming, so I might have right. had prepped that with. He's the best.
0: It's
1: also funny that we we are also kind of like we look the same a little bit. Like we both have dark hair and (laughs) like face face. And and like (laughs) and like so, uh, there was a few times when we would put clips of the drop on social or on YouTube, and 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 the comments will inevitably be like, you know, is this. Is this a President Zelensky uh, lookalike contest? <laughs> <laughs> contest. <laughs> that's great. You know, it's, but really, I mean, it's funny for me because I'm Ukrainian. Maybe not for him because he's Turkish, but, uh, but also just really funny. Like.
0: Oh, my oh gosh. Geez. That's awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time. Um, I'm sure we'll see you out in Nashville next week. And next time you're in Arizona, hopefully next season, we'd love to have you in studio. So it was really great talking to you. Thanks so much. That'd be
1: awesome. My pleasure. Thanks
0: for having me. Awesome. Thanks, thanks Greg. Later, Greg. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, wow. thanks again to Greg Wyszynski for joining us. I, I want us to go over our chocolate bar picks and yes. everything and maybe talk a little bit about what we talked about with him. But before we do, um, if you want to have, speaking of having some fun, there's a great way you can have fun on the Bet MGM. Mm. Sportsbook, besides just placing your bets, of course, um, because you can play the swing for the fences game now through September 7th. Um, You log in, you just go to the MLB free game and you pick a strike zone.
3: And you do it. You've done it.
0: I've done it like every yes. day, and you just pick a strike zone, and then you either you know hit a single, you can you know you're out, whatever. But it's just it's a game, and it's fun, and you get prizes. Like what more can you possibly ask for? So check that out on BetMGM if you haven't signed up yet. Use the bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you'll get to up to hundred dollars in bonus bets. On your first wager with BetMGM, again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details, and now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer.
3: Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call eight seven seven eight 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, one 800 270 for confidential help, Michigan.
0: And uh, Craig, there's actually, I think, the, a new sponsor since you've been gone. That's how long you've been gone. Yeah. Um, it's Saturday Neon. And this could be a great gift idea, um, especially for graduation if you were late, if you forgot to give your dad a Father's Day gift. Um, Saturday Neon, it's a company started by two friends that makes officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. We have one in our office. And, and that's
3: the one Craig would put in his house, by the way. The
0: U of A, the U of a, one? a yeah. Wildcat yeah.
3: Neon A.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No? <laughs> Um, but they're they're just awesome. Not they definite. look amazing, and um, they're just great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, basements, bar areas, etc. So check it out. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. Uh, all right. Well, we want to go over our chocolate bar rankings. So if we can pull the graphic back Sweet. up, Jacob, um, yeah. and I'm curious everybody's...
2: I mean, Petey doesn't even know where his chocolate bars are made, so I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> so, Craig, why don't, you, why don't you go first?
2: I'm going to start? Yeah. All right, I'll go from the bottom. This one was, I, li- I like Hershey's, sorry, Coachella Valley. I'm <laughs> still rooting for Coachella Valley in the uh, AHL final, but dark and classic, I can't decide between those. I love dark chocolate, but what I do with the, uh, the, the Hershey's classic a lot, talk about breaking it up because they have those little rectangles yeah, that you can yeah, break yeah. it up into, I like to dip those right in a jar of peanut butter. Ooh, That's good stuff. Love the Three Musketeers. has been a child, uh, favorite since childhood. Do you know Toblerone? I thought you would have known Yeah, I do know It's the one in the hotel that's it's too yeah. expensive the in the mini bar. Yeah, it's great. It's a mini bar You can break candy. those off as yeah, well. Yeah, those are
0: good. It's, that's good. Not Reese's Peanut Buttercup,
2: next level. But my all-time favorite is the 100 grand because it's almost like having a Rice Krispie treat inside a chocolate bar with the nougat. It's just perfect combination of flavors for me. So there it is. Love it. A big surprise. His top candy has to do with money.
0: <laughs> Bougie crack. <laughs> Bougie crack boozy um do you want to go next i
3: don't i'll I'll just kit kat we've talked about it enough hershey's classic because you can't go wrong with a classic arrow light airy milk chocolate goodness and i know craig said it's british but it's also made in canada and it's every time i go to canada i stock up on my arrows hershey's cookies and cream absolutely elite white chocolate you cannot go wrong with that sweetness of a good white chocolate and number one caramel because it's two candies in one it's melted caramel surrounded by milk chocolate goodness
0: Um, I like that we both have Canadian chocolates in our top five. I had Reese's at five. I know that's controversial. It was so low on the list, but I do love Reese's coffee. Crisp got to represent in Canada. I mean, just elite. If you've never had it, try it arrow for all the reasons. PD said Twix. This one is like a, a rising star for me. I wasn't a fan in childhood, but I love Twix and then Kit Kat number one. It's always the one I will grab. And, um, Contrary to what Greg said, I do believe it's better in Canada, and I was backed up by that in the chat. Um, so thank you, chat, for that. But let us know what your top five chocolate bars are in the chat and Discord on Twitter. We'll probably tweet this out later. But always oh, just a, a fun conversation and related to the fact that Coachella Valley is uh, banning chocolate right now. Game um, 7 tonight. Yeah. So they're still, hot, they're still cool hockey story. on. It's First
2: season. Can you imagine that?
0: It's like Vegas. Yeah, that's really cool. Years ago. It's really, really cool. So uh, anything that Greg talked about today that you guys want to circle back around to? I thought it was interesting that he did admit that there is, you know, extreme bias from Canadian media um, in terms of covering the coyotes. Yeah, from a national media perspective. yeah. Yeah.
3: I think oh, that's that, you know, and it, it is good. And I think sometimes we said it during the show, but we get in those those bubbles of we we look at it through a Coyotes lens, and it's good to see the national lens looking um, from the outside in at what they think. And and he's a, he's a fan of this community. I know people on on our chat somewhere said he's negative against us, I, Coyotes, and I don't I don't think that's the I think, case. I think he's objective. Objective, yeah. I think he's objective, and I think that's fair. So it is. It's encouraging that he believes the league and the organization is trying. And that's good to hear from a national perspective.
0: Yeah. Any takeaways from you? Um, well, we do have a $5 super chat from our friend, Altex. Text. Uh, oh, buddy. said, today is a great day. I'm definitely, in all caps, not sad about any uh, recent waiver news <laughs> whatsoever. Cue uh, the clip of the Trotz guy saying... F F yeah. over and over. <laughs> well, no, it just, it just gives him an opportunity. Thoughts.
3: It gives him an opportunity to pick out a new favorite player. That's all. And a new sweater. I think
0: we should have a campaign this summer. Yes. Who should all text new favorite player? That's a great make. idea. Actually.
3: That is That's a great, great idea. Wait
2: till the roster.
0: Yeah, yes. And, oh, we need to. Can we just talk about this for one second? Yeah. The, the tweet that Cap Friendly put out um, yesterday saying yeah. that the Coyotes only have. I think, 11 roster spots filled right now, but they have 12 draft picks, and everyone was like, oh, joke franchise, joke franchise. It's like, that's just the time of the summer that we're in.
2: Yeah, that's like, ridiculous.
0: Ottawa only has that many, too, and they only have five yeah, draft and I,
2: picks. i bet you could have, found, could have found examples of this, like, every season if you went to the summer. Of course. And it doesn't take into account all the contracts that they have in Tucson, and, yeah, they just made it clear that they're trying to add some pieces, so why are we, why are we yeah, tweeting what's the that po- right What now? Is the point what is, is the, the tweet? point of that tweet? What is the point of the tweet? That's yeah. all. What's
3: the point?
0: It, it felt like it a jab.
2: one
3: hundred percent a jab. Speaking
0: of national bias, like I mean, why that's what that? Felt what was like? the point?
3: Yeah, we have yeah. more draft picks than everybody. Good, great.
0: Suck <laughs> on that.
2: <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. The hate. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that one either. That was weird.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: Listen, cap friendly does an invaluable, amazing service. work. Yeah, they do amazing work. But that was weird. That was yeah, weird. It and, was. and and misleading. So, whatever.
0: Yep. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead to our prospect spotlight and 10 days of tootsies. Before we do that, there was Uh-oh. a teeny, tiny little Coyotes news yesterday afternoon. Um, the Coyotes have signed Stephen camphor to a one-year two-way contract. I call it a tiny blip of news because he'll most likely be um, on the Tucson Roadrunners, but still notable um, signing a defenseman after sending two through waivers yesterday.
2: So. Yeah, and it's... They liked what he gave them. They liked what the, he gave Tucson. They needed some veteran presence there. Uh, they lost the defense. And if you remember, who we went back to Europe um, because of some personal issues. Yeah. So they, you you need veteran presence on the blue line in the AHL to have success. They liked what he brought. So I just expect him to reprise the role. Could he get called up a couple times? Sure, if they have injuries. But this isn't about, oh, they're bolstering the blue line for the Coyotes. He's a, he's a Tucson roadrunner.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, for all those roster shots that do need to be filled, there'll be some new faces to the valley, I'm sure. And I will make sure they are all set up in their new places here with more furniture. I just got my final two furniture deliveries last weekend. It was so effortless. I got the white glove delivery. I can't even tell you how it took like 10 minutes total. Everything was there like they were so incredibly helpful um so if you want to say big on the best furniture in the valley head to morefurniture.com that's mlrfurniture.com pd and i are thrilled to be back in these comfy more furniture chairs on this set um here because pd's back was starting to ache him yeah and this is way better we needed we needed the comfy chair. way better
3: and again we it wasn't about the chair. It was about craig <laughs> it's always isn't everything doesn't it doesn't we, we always circle back to it's about craig <laughs> we get the nice chairs why oh craig's here you, Craig. And Craig, you know what Craig's response to he that? You say that as if yeah.
2: there's
0: yeah, that's yeah, surprise. Said, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, in your my contract, point? yep. Kay. Oh my goodness, you should have heard our conversation about the Nashville Airbnb oh, earlier. By the way, <laughs> oh, um, uh, speaking of Nashville, <laughs> when we go, it's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny, um, so make sure you pack your shady it's rays. Be humid, shady rays. Because,
2: uh, could, could we bring on our boat tour. Shady
3: absolutely,
0: rays? yeah. Katie
2: yeah. and I are thinking about mesh. We're going to wear mesh while we're in Nashville. <laughs>
0: good lord um mesh but also shady rays i'm just
2: thinking of the
3: boat with the shady rays oh my
0: god your wife's in the chat she what said yes That's wait all, it. The, all the way from belfast by the way yes. just yes yes
3: <laughs> wait, yeah. is that a yes to mesh? i think it was to my stuff <laughs> about the like the bougie, bougie. <laughs> the bougie <crane. laughs> and you own it so well you really and, do and you i like we talk about shady rays you literally should just wear them into the studio because yes you're kind of a big deal i do see yeah and we've talked about him being James Bond vacation with the glasses. And he kind of has that Tom Cruise vibe, too, right, Tara? Uh, now
2: now I'm expecting a
3: no.
1: Never
0: mind. <laughs> um, Shady Rays. Check out Shady Rays. I brought mine to New York last weekend. I break right there in my car always, and I have a new pair on the way. I'm super excited. And right now, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com and use code PHNX for fifty percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people. What she, did she
2: say?
3: Um, I know.
0: She said my prince. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh god
0: <laughs> dan said nobody look craig in she's the eyes she's been
3: drinking for sure what's the time zone there right? she's been drinking she's in ireland she's, yeah,
0: <laughs> for she's, sure she's irish drink, ladies she's in were approaching him
3: because he looked like a leprechaun
0: oh <laughs> uh, Right, let's move on uh prospect spotlight of the day <laughs> counting down to the draft um trying to spotlight prospects. watch <laughs> us do everything like we're trying our best to cover as many names as possible but watch we're gonna miss the one we're gonna miss the guy somehow um but this guy is very much listed in that 6 to 12 range so i'm glad we're talking about him today and it's matthew wood out of a university of connecticut he's a big guy 6 193 pounds a left wing um and as chris peter says big size scoring ability and he was the youngest player in college hockey this year and mm. averaged close to a point per game um opportunities mm. his skating's not great according to chris peters um who you know we depend on for much of our draft yeah. insight City but, correspondent. yeah absolutely but he had uh, 34 points in 35 games this season with uconn but he's actually a canadian kid playing in the ncaa so got draw
3: some comparisons to because of his size and playing at UConn, to Tage Thompson. Uh, 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 but they're saying, there, buddy. when, when you talk there. about Tage Thompson, the one thing that, that Matthew Woods, you talk about his size and his skill and his surprise that he had in his freshman year of college, the one thing that scouts look as a drawback for him because of his size is his skating ability might be his one drawback when you talk about Matthew Wood. Um, they feel college is the right spot for him because he can work on his speed. You practice more, you're going to get better strength training at the NCAA level. So I, I think he's a guy... That that I I think he might slip past 12. I mean, there are some he was rated four, fourth in the last central scouting um, in North American skaters, but I think his skill level in his skating may push him just a little bit. He's still a first-round pick, and he's still highly touted because of his frame. And we yeah. talk about Bill Armstrong liking those big players. This may be a guy at 6'3", nearly 200 pounds, that's only going to put on more size with that offensibility. It, it's somebody that the Bill Armstrong and the Coyote staff definitely may look at.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Chris Peters also said he thinks he'll be in that top 15 range, could be the 6 to 12 range, but we'll see. But just overall, he's a good offensive talent. Um, And obviously, you know, he's not like... Bedard and, and Vantili, but a top 15 pick, That's what we said likely. about this, these
3: tiers of these drafts. Yeah. So there's so many different tiers. And he could, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in that seven or eight, but he could drop to 17, 18, 19, 20. Like, there are so many questions about need and what you're looking for. If you're looking for a center, if you're looking for speed, if you're looking for skill, if you're looking for size. We, we saw what New Jersey did last year at the draft by picking a defenseman second. We didn't see that coming. Right. So it, you just have no idea. This kid's hot. It's a high, talented collegiate player that's, Projected to go in the first round, so you better know his
2: name.
0: Absolutely. Um, and you better know these Tootsie's tips from pd
2: because <laughs> I saw the photo.
0: It's ten days of Tootsie. It's ten days of Tootsie's. We and need and some backstory behind this photo you're gonna put up. This is day
3: eight. I've got the last two picked <laughs> out. This is day eight. I went back to another person in a spotlight, um, a name that we we come from the coyotes past. And this is the corner booth. <laughs> Again in Tootsie's with Coyote's legend <laughs> Louis zoom. Debrusque. That's Louis Debrusque <laughs> at the corner booth at Tootsie's. Ah. And doesn't he look good? Like he's ready to play. That's Dee-dee. back when he's the radio broadcaster under Bob Heathouse. He's now the voice of the Edmonton Oilers across Canada. And P. I P. wish I could grow hair like that. P.D.,
0: we need to talk about this selfie.
3: Oh, just wait for the, the next two days <laughs> of oh Tootsies.
0: Oh, my God. This is like the most awkward selfie <laughs> I've ever seen oh. in my entire but life. But this what sort a of Tootsie oh.
3: selfie should look like, Why right?
0: what? Are, like, you're not quite smiling, but you're not quite smiling. That's late, and
3: Tootsies. It's just, I'm telling you, the corner booth, which we <laughs> will not be able to sit in because we won't be able to afford it anymore. Back in those days, it was free. You just had to be there early, and so I made sure I was there. Early. So we'll see everybody at Tootsie's <laughs> in less than a week.
0: Literally Thanks, Louis. Literally earlier, like Petey was trying to tell Shane like the, the strategy to go to the bathroom. Oh Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring like,
2: that up, but then I thought maybe not.
0: Well, because we brought up the bathroom every day this week. On you the can't get to so the so bathroom.
3: So. You can't get there. It's in the back corner through tables. It's it's a maze of humanity. And I'm not giving away my secret. Nope. I will give it away to the diehards. Who
0: come on our trip.
3: Who come on the trip. Yeah, absolutely. I will give you the strategy. To going to the bathroom, <laughs> and it does not involve going outside, although <laughs> it could be done, too,
2: and it probably has been. Uh, it probably has been. There is the a strategy. Trip, yeah. to bathroom oh, at yoy yoy.
3: Can't wait. The, the closer this gets, the more excited I am. And, and and I'm excited, truly, about the draft, too, because I'm excited to see what direction the Coyotes go with their two picks, but I'm excited about all the opportunities we're going to have um, to have a little bit of fun.
0: I am, too. I'm also excited because Craig's been putting out a story every single day this week at GoPHNX.com. Really um, making up for lost time there, but some great articles, so check them out.
2: Oh, Craig worked today. Well, yeah, I want to make it clear to certain people in the chat that I am working very hard since I've been home from Europe.
0: You know, um, your wife said like two Guinnesses down, sh- two to go. That's <laughs> what I
2: figured. Two oh. Guinnesses. Wow. Okay.
0: Oh man. But yeah, become a diehard. Yep, she yep. did. Go. Oh. Well, there we go. Come a diehard go uh, um, to grab a free shirt from the locker when you sign up and or a hat and uh, 20% off merge, 20% off events, and access to our Discord chats as well. Um, and while you're, you know, browsing your computer, head to foco.com. If you're, you know, if you already ordered your Saturday neon sign, you're looking to Get some more you know, sports memorabilia for your office or whatever it may be. Check out FOCO. They have your back for Arizona sports. Amazing stuff. Um, a lot of the bobbleheads on our sets, especially in the other studio, um, are from FOCO, and they just have awesome, awesome things. So whatever team you're a fan of, they have stuff, officially licensed gear as well. So get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using code PHNX for all non-presale items. Use the code PHNX for 10% off. Um, Craig, we might need to start open some four peaks to catch up with your wife here. Seriously. Um, good thing we have a fridge full of them here at the office. And, uh, I think we should also drink four peaks on our Friday show. Like, yeah, I think it's Friday fun day. I think we should break out the four peaks. That sounds good to me. Do we have
2: wow in that refrigerator right now?
0: Saul said he was going to restock the fridge, Um, so I'll have to double check if he did. But the best part about Four Peaks is you can buy it wherever you buy your beer. Literally anywhere you go, they sell it. You can also check out the Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. They have amazing food there as well. Um, So check it out. And if you're a teacher, Teacher Tuesdays are back, so you can grab yourself a $4 pint of Kilt Lifter Wow Hazy and Hopknot if you bring your teacher ID to the 8th Street Pub. That's on Tuesdays. So just be sure to check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up? Looking forward to Bob
2: McKenzie tomorrow. Yes. Wow. The legend. The Bob, the Bob, Bob. father. Well, so we got to drink tomorrow too. We we really should toast him because hopefully we yeah. bring a Bobby he Margarita. Told
0: Last year we he was on our show while we were at Four Peaks.
3: Yeah, but we can we can toast him because he he'll have a Bobby Margarita for sure. I hope so. I hope um, so. Um, yeah, I want to try one at some point soon. And we can hopefully run some of the these names by him and see if we're missing the mark.
0: Yeah, that's true. So Bob Kenzie's that's six to twelve. His list comes out tomorrow, which is amazing because we'll get to talk to him tomorrow about the list. He always waits the longest, like Craig has mentioned all week. He's super connected. Uh, so we're really looking forward to talking to Bob McKenzie. So be sure to block off an hour of your time, 11 a.m. tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk with the Bob father himself. Really looking forward to that. Um, but everybody, thank you so much for being here in the chat. Be sure to hit the like button on your way out. And if you're listening on audio, leave us a review. Thank you again to Greg Wyszynski for joining us. Hope to you know see him in Nashville and hopefully have him in our studio next year. Hopefully he'll make a trip out to Mullet again. Uh, we met him at the first game at mullet as the national media descended to arizona and then that was it <laughs> for the rest of the year pretty much <laughs> um but anyway we appreciate everybody here and you can follow us on twitter at Peters hockey at leah merrill at craigus morgan you can follow jacob's been behind the mac today at jacob f- un- franklin no underscore franklin four yes okay I knew there was an underscore somewhere. Um, And, of course, you can follow the show at phnx underscore coyotes. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell tomorrow live 11 a.m. with Bob McKenzie. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow.